You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. Welcome to the Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, follow our dreams, and fulfill our true potential. And you know I am all about doing those things, and I'm always trying to find great guests that I connect with to share some insights and inspiration with you. And today I've got a friend joining us, Christopher Levy, who is a veteran, an entrepreneur, a wine lover, world traveler. Chris specializes in creating experiences and opportunities that help people grow together in community setting. Chris hosts two communities of his own. One is called the Win Club, a weekly masterclass and support system designed to help first-time entrepreneurs and side hustlers get their first clients. And the other one is called the K. Levy Wine Club, where Chris crafts experiences around wine, including a monthly wine club where he helps local wineries tell the story behind the wine during his monthly wine club member calls. Um, Chris is someone I met through my friend Lauren Davis, who will be on the show soon. And I'm just really impressed with everything he's got going on. Uh, he's uh, active duty army. Um, he's in grad school. He's running these two communities. And he's taken his love of wine and launched this wine club. And I was fascinated by that, um, probably because I have launched my first community and I'm planning on launching another one. Um, but to really figure out what you love and what you're good at and follow your passion and then start something out of it is something many people aspire to do, but a lot of people don't take action. So in this interview, I ask him some questions about that process. How did he figure out what it was and decide to take action? And how do you deal with the mistakes and the failures, um, the challenges that come up, how to launch a successful community? Um, we talk about the importance of conversations and relationships, how to prioritize your time when you have a lot of things going on, how to handle challenges when they come up. And I also ask Chris how to pick out the perfect bottle of wine when you get to the grocery store or wherever you're buying your wine uh, next time you are looking. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Chris Levy. Uh, he's active on LinkedIn and Instagram just like I am. Make sure you come connect and follow both of us. And uh, stay tuned. My new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, will be coming out on November 16th. I do mention that at the end of the interview as well. Thanks again for tuning in. And now here's my interview with Chris. All right. Welcome, Christopher Levy, to the podcast. Chris, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on today, Andy. This has been fantastic. I mean, I always we've been connected for about, for about eight months now, but um, always enjoy like just watching your journey and uh, listening to your podcast. And so this is a fantastic uh, opportunity for both of us to connect. Absolutely. And of course, we first met through the wonderful Lauren Davis, who is amazing and fantastic, a great friend. Uh, she was running social, she's a social media expert, and she was running social media for my conference, the Talent Development Think Tank. Uh, back in uh, Sonoma in uh, Santa Rosa, California in January. And you happen to be in the area and uh, you guys were meeting up. So you came and had dinner with us during our celebratory dinner after the conference was over. No better time to meet. And uh, we've been connected ever since. Yeah, no, I, I feel like that weekend uh, almost altered a little bit of a trajectory for me uh, in several ways. And uh, I think our connection was absolutely one of the things that contributed to it. I love that. Well, I want to hear more about that. Uh, and uh, just give another shout out to Lauren, who I've been trying to get on the podcast forever, by the way. <laughs> she is tough, but I do have her booked uh, and she'll be coming up soon. Awesome. Um, you do a lot of different things. You are uh, active service in the military. Uh, you're a veteran. You are in grad school. You host two communities, including a wine club, 
which, you know, I can't say I've really met anyone personally who started their own wine club, but you did it. So uh, I can't wait to dive into some of that stuff uh, and how you approach these different things. But, you know, let's start with a little bit of your background. Like, how did you get to all of this? Yeah, um, I mean, I had a pretty, I won't say typical, but I, I knew early on what I wanted to do as far as my military service. Um, I uh, I tell a story and, you know, who knows, I'm actually here visiting my parents right now. And uh, so we can ask my mom later what she, what she thinks and whether this story is true. But, uh, you know, as it goes, we were yet the uh, first Persian Gulf War, which was back in 1990, 1991. And uh, here in Texas, there's a port where we send a lot of uh, vehicles out to go to deployments overseas. And so that's Galveston. And one day we were sent out railroad tracks and a couple of tanks were rolling by on the railroad tracks. And I said to my mom, that's what I want to do. I was probably two years old at the time. And ever since, like, I've just been hooked on the military. And that's just always, I always knew it was going to be my calling in life. And I knew it was going to be my career. And so um, that's kind of what got me into it. But um, as far as entrepreneurship, you know, I, something I've I been just doing add, for about... sorry, side note to that. <laughs> uh, I, I love that you had that, that, con- you know, that's what you wanted to do when you were young. My four-year-old son does the same thing every time the garbage and recycle. Truck comes <laughs> down, he, says, he tells me he's going to be a recycle man when he grows up, uh, which I think is great. Um, the military is a little bit more valiant, I guess I could say to the country, but we need garbage people and recycle uh, people too. Hey, it's all about finding your purpose, you know, and I'm <laughs> sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure his purpose will be uh, uh, illuminated to him at the right time. But um, no, I've uh, been doing entrepreneurship for about three years now and uh, really been kind of searching through. I think a lot of people, they start out, they, you know, start doing self-development, start of kind of have the sense of self-awareness and knowing these things about them and what, what makes them tick and what's going to give them the most fulfillment and success in life. And so. Um, I kind of went through that journey myself and um, I just been trying to figure out like what was going to be my niche. And uh, just over time, I just graduated or gravitated towards wine. Um, it just became this thing that people came to know me for and people started asking me for recommendations. And um, I also was doing a lot of traveling. So that kind of those two areas kind of overlap a lot. And um, yeah, it's just something that has fascinated me. And I want to, to invest more in and uh you know, learn that industry because the people in it are just awesome. The, the people you meet in the wine industry, they're some of the most hospitable people you ever meet. And uh, I knew I wanted to do something in that space. Yeah, you would you would expect and assume that people in the wine industry are pretty hospitable, but you never know. Um, I want to go back to what you said about this three-year journey, getting into entrepreneurship, self-reflection, personal development. I think that's really important Um, I get asked the question on other shows, you know, how do you figure out what you want to do? And I went on my own journey. I'm curious to hear from you. Was there an inflection point that said to you, hey, I need to change or I want to get into entrepreneurship? And then how did you approach this process or what did the process look like to really figuring out, you know, who you are and what you want to do? Yeah, no, great question. And getting totally vulnerable here on the show. uh, We'll see see if we break down or not. But I I had an injury. I had a a back injury, actually. And um, it made me realize that uh, I was human um, and that everything has sort of a a timestamp on it. Um, Not just my life, but things we do in life. And um, it made me start thinking about long term, um, not just whether the the military was really going to be my career or um, if I was going to do something else, but also, you know, potentially what I was going to do afterwards. And, you know, what did I want my life to look like for um, for the the long term? And so what I did was I started listening to podcasts, started reading books. And really, I started having conversations. Um, I started talking to people, um, both inside the military and outside the military. And 
um, those conversations just laid this this ground this groundwork for me to start making my decisions about what I wanted my life to look like both now in the here and the now and how I was going to build the things and put the things in place that would design the life I want in the future. And really just having those conversations gave me so much clarity. I think that's the best thing you can do if you don't know what you want to do. It's going out, find either find the people that you think you want to work with or work like, um, and then also get an outside perspective. So that way they can tell you the things that they've learned um, that's that's they've you know experienced on their journey and how that's going to shape what you might be experiencing yours. Yeah, there's so much value in, obviously you can do a lot of reading and learning and listening to podcasts. We've both done that. Um, You can do a lot of self-reflection. I think we've both done that. Just thinking about what are we good at? What are we not good at? What do we like to do? What's monetizable? Uh, But I think the the biggest value is going out and having those conversations, just talking to a bunch of people, especially people that are doing it or that have tried to do it. And it doesn't mean whatever they say is the rule, right? Because you can always go and break the rule or do something differently, but you learn so much from talking to other people, hearing from their, their experiences. And I knew when I met you in January, you were that type of person like me who was going out and talking to a bunch of people just by nature. You were there at the dinner with us having a great time. And um, how you get, you know, came to know Lauren, I think through Travis or, you know, yep. Chapel or someone Travel, else, right, yep. who I know as well. Uh, and knowing that, and it's like, this guy's big on networking. And so yeah. were there any big connections along the way that really helped you and, and, and informed your journey? Um, I would say Travis was definitely one of them. And it's funny how we got connected because, um, you know, just like any other entrepreneur, I've had several business failures in the past. And, and the way I look at failure, it's not so much like, oh, I lost this money or anything like that. It's like, I just couldn't get this idea off the ground. Um, whether I wasn't able to take enough action, um, I wasn't able to get the right product market fit, um, wasn't able to, you know, change things about myself that I need to change in order for that idea to be successful. And uh, Travis was definitely one of the people that um, we, like I said, we connected for a previous project that ended up not being successful in my book. And, um, but what it did was lay the groundwork for what I think is, is going on now, which, you know, the projects I'm working on now that I'm hoping will be successful and I'm hoping will um, be stuff that I think can carry on in the long term. And um, I'd say that was one of definitely the key conversations. And then also um, I just had these conversations with um, not just my, my bosses or people around me at work, but people I consider as mentors. Um, and sometimes they knew and sometimes they don't. Um, and it's just hitting up. It's just having these conversations. Um, I think, you know, everyone should have their own personal board of advisors and they should be, if there's, if there's an industry you're working in, or if there's something specific you're doing, you want to have somebody from that industry on your board of advisors and you want to have something, somebody you can always talk to for every aspect of your life. And so I just kind of started building this Rolodex of people that would just go in and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking at doing this. You know, what do you think about this? Um, I connected with several people in the wine industry, um, actually, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Barefoot Wines, but I was able to connect with uh, the winemaker who makes Barefoot Wines. And we had a very great conversation. At the time, I was honest with her. I was like, I'm considering getting out of the army. I'm considering going into wine. Like, what kind of advice would you give me? All the while, I had this other, you know, entrepreneurial spirit going on and other business I was trying to get off the ground. Um, And what it did was it kind of laid the seed that, you know, I could do something in wine. Um, And that's really one of the things that you got to look at your previous parts of your life, there's these little like breadcrumbs of things that are going to lead you down this path. And you can kind of find these little markers of like, yeah, that's, that's where I got this idea for this, or that's what laid the groundwork of the seed for me to move into this industry or to do this job or to start this kind of business. That's fantastic. And, you know, 
One of the things I'm always fascinated with, with regards to entrepreneurship, and by the way, you mentioned uh, Travis Chapel. He was on this show, episode 92, back in September 2018, so a little over two years ago, uh, talking about building a network. And uh, I just booked an interview to go back on his show or go on his show soon. Um, but this journey of entrepreneurship, the, the part that always fascinates me is you do this reflection and um, introspection and talk to people and you kind of figure out what you might want to do. And then you, you say, oh, I would love to open a restaurant or start a wine club or one, you know, something like that one day. And then I think that's where most people stop and go, oh, that's for other people. That's not something that I could do. Starting a wine club seems like, you know, someone in Napa with millions of dollars, like that's crazy. Um, but you went and did it. So what does it look like to go and take that action? And uh, how did you set that up? So it, it, you know, try to make it as successful as possible. And what, was there any fear in that? There was a little bit of fear. Um, I, you know, talking specific, specifically about the wine club, um, I kind of, when I went through that self-reflection, that self-assessment, that journey, I started to learn how to not care what other people think. And I feel like that's one of my greatest assets now is I really do not give an, I'll keep this G rated, but I really do not care what other people think. And um, I realized that that's going to be, you know, long-term, that's going to be one of my greatest assets. And uh, when I launched the club, I, you know, I set a goal for it. And I said, all right, you know, I'm going to get this amount of members by this date. And if I, if I hit it great, if I don't, oh, well, um, I'm going to keep trying. And actually when I started my first business, I, uh, you can go back to, I think I took it down now. I think actually, I think it's still on my LinkedIn profile. I put up this cover art on my LinkedIn profile and said, whatever it takes. Um, because I wanted to put that there as a reminder myself that I was going to do whatever it takes to have a successful business um, as I as I define that, not how other people define that. Um, and I think if you're going to start something, it's people talk about like setting a deadline. I think that's great. Like, all right, I'm going to start this business by, you know, Monday, by Tuesday. Um, I would say just move as fast as possible. I think it was Mark Zuckerberg says, you know, we said at Facebook, we like to move really fast and break things. Well, do the same thing. Um, you want to move as fast as possible. So I came up with the idea for a wine club, the beginning of August, I had it unofficially launched, uh, the first week of September and officially launched, um, the first week of October. Um, by the time we, we had already launched, we already had 25, uh, subscribers. Um, and so I think the key part to that is moving as fast as possible, iterating, and, uh, just start making decisions, start getting the mode of making decisions and get comfortable with making the wrong decisions, but realizing that you can go back and change it and make the right decision after you realize that that was the wrong one in the first place. I like that. You're also reminding me of a, a famous quote I love from Reed Hoffman, who founded LinkedIn, who said, uh, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you launched too late. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Great example. So uh, we just we just rolled out our first shipments. And of course, there's an issue, you know, we sh we sent the wrong wines for the first member call, which is actually tonight. <laughs> um, and so this is we're, we're I guess we're recording on October 21st. And uh, the first the first member call for the wine club is tonight. And we sent totally the wrong uh, wine for it. And so we had to go in, rush in uh, last week and get the right wines to everybody. But everyone got a free bottle out of it. So I'm going to chuck that as a success. As a success. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, it's, you know, making sure we verify that we're sending out the right stuff and the lesson is learned and uh, making sure we're managing that, that member's experience. Yeah. And again, like you got it out there, you tried it, you're going to make mistakes along the way. I think people yeah. watch and pay more attention to how you handle things like that versus what happened in the first place. So like, okay, I got the wrong bottle. When I let you know, 
do you like blame me or do you just pretend it didn't exist or do you just handle it really well and go, Oh, that's really cool. If another free bottle is coming your way, let's, let's figure it out. And then, you know, as a user, a consumer, I see that I trust you even more. I love it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. I actually had one of my, my customers, he sent me a photo of, you know, Hey, you sent us four whites. We're expecting three whites and three reds. And um, we were like, Oh, so sorry. Like we're going to get you that, that other red out. But, uh, when I looked at the photo, one of the, the other bottles was wrong, not just one of the whites, but another one of the reds. Um, and I sent that to my fulfillment team, like, Hey man, we don't, we don't carry this wine. You know, maybe can you go back and check? I was like, no, he said, it's the photo. Like, we're going to get this right. Like, let's send them the right wines. You know, this is our first time doing this. I want to build that trust early on. Um, and I'd rather take that, you know, cost onto ourselves than customer. Yeah. Um, I've got another guest coming on. It'll be fun to talk about this. My friend Dominic Cortuccio just uh, published his second book. And uh, he the book apparently came out with a bunch of typos, uh, like on the cover. I think the book was spelled B-O-K. And so he did a big post about it on Instagram and Facebook and said, hey, we've got limited edition typo written books from the first run. Get them now while you can. <laughs> Uh, and just kind of made a joke out of the whole thing. And I, I thought he handled it pretty well, which was, which was pretty cool. So you started this wine community. You, you, you're starting to grow that, having the first call soon. Um, this is not the first community you've started though, right? You also have the, the win club. So tell me about that, how that got going. Yeah. I, uh, you know, after having a couple uh, business failures and really like learning what, what does it mean to market, right? you know, I, I'm, I'd say an, I'm an okay marketer. Um, I'm self-taught. I've read a lot of books, you know, I've watched what other people will do, but I realized that I started to develop this, this kind of, you know, thing to look for when it comes to marketing and the messages that you're putting out. And um, I was able to distill that kind of into this framework that allowed me to one hone in on my niche, which was wine. Um, and then also start building systems and processes that are going to allow me to kind of syndicate so that way I can start building this audience that I can launch something like a wine club too. And um, I took that framework and I kind of put some more meat on the bones and try to figure out, you know, what about this makes it different. Um, and when I set out in 2020 um, at the, at the beginning of the year, I wanted to say, all right, my number one goal for this year is to help 10 people reach their biggest goals. Um, and I, I started messaging people. I started reaching out to people and uh, I found a bunch of people that like, Hey, I either want to start business you know, I want to drop 50 pounds. I want to, um, uh, go back to school. I want to, uh, change careers. I want to, you know, make this huge life change that I think is going to have a mischievous effect on my life and change my trajectory in life. And so I found these people and I started to collect them in a Facebook group and we started, you know, posting everything. Um, but of course, like I fell off just like a bunch of other stuff that we do. We have these projects that just sometimes just don't work out and that's okay. But circled back to July and I started getting more and more clear on like, how can I help people? And then I, I found four or five people in that group. I said, Hey, I'm starting this new community. You know, I'm going to show you my personal framework for how I've positioned myself in the marketplace around wine. And I want to help you in your business. I want to help you get clear on your message, develop your first, your offer, and then find your first client or your first couple of sales. Um, and that just, when I had gotten zeroed in and honed in on that message, it just started to resonate with people. I could see people wanting to have that conversation with me. They wanted to learn more about the community. They want to learn, you know, what am I going to get out of this community? Where are the results I'm going to get? And that's when I knew I was onto something. And so that's how the Win Club was born. What's important now? I like it. So, you know, with your experience, um, you, you mentioned some failed businesses. You've started these two communities and, you know, who knows where they'll go, but they're off to a great start. 
Um, what do you think, you know, I've just launched my first community recently, a few months ago, you've joined a couple of calls there and I'm thinking about joining, uh, you're launching another one in the future and other people listening, maybe thinking about doing something like that. What do you think are some of the keys to being successful when it comes to launching, running any type of community mastermind? Cause I'm sure you've been in others and now you've launched these too. So, you know, what should people be thinking about to make those successful? Um, I think step one is having conversations, mm-hmm. um, having conversations that result in relationships you've built with people and also not just, you know, friendships, like I'm talking about relationships that are guided in a way to have people trust you around certain topics. If you do, you know, leadership and development, if you do talent development, then you're having conversations around talent development. You're still acknowledging that person. You're, you're, you know, empathizing with their situation and you're, you're having, you're building that relationship, but um, at some point you need to bring up talent development because that's what you're good at. That's what you're an expert at. And so you need to have those conversations with those people around those things. Um, so I think step one is having conversations and building those relationships. And then step two is putting together an offer or putting together a community in a way that it uh, has one tangible value and then two intangible value. Uh, the tangible value is something that people can feel, they can touch, they can see, they can smell um, something that they that anchors your community and that you know makes them realize like hey this is something real that is a part of this community and then the intangible value that's you that's your that's your abstract ideas that's your creativeness that's your you know your pizzazz your flair your uh style um the things that you bring to community that you can't quantify and i think when you combine those two things in a unique way you have a winning recipe for success for any type of community yeah, so starting with having those real conversations, getting to know people, building relationships, and then thinking about what's the tangible value, what's the intangible value, how do you communicate that value and transformation and, and deliver that on a regular basis? Yeah, exactly. I like it. So um, Chris, you are uh, like me, you do a lot of different things, right? Active duty, military, you're in grad school, you are running a couple different communities, you participate in a lot of different stuff, you're active on social media. Um, how do you approach, and I know you and I have talked about this previously, we're both big on making time for self-care, self-reflection, being strategic with what you're doing with your business. How do you prioritize your time and make sure you're spending time in the right places and taking care of yourself? Yeah, great question. I, I do remember this conversation actually. So one, uh, I think you gotta be intentional with your time um, saying, hey, I'm gonna, do my, I'm gonna do this thing or I'm gonna do this activity or I'm gonna put this time block in my calendar every week with the intention of getting this result or with the intention of getting this effect. You know, maybe it's having more conversations with people and so that way you're building relationships. Maybe it's, you know, uh, batching your content or, you know, having um, put in, you know, time on, you know, writing your book, whatever it is, you have that end result. And you know that when you're scheduling that time, it's, you know, contributing to that end result. And so having that intention is really important. Um, And then the second thing is categorization. Um, Having, everything that you're doing bend and categorized. Uh, I've got a crazy mind. Uh, it goes off in all kinds of different tangents throughout the day. I get my best ideas when I'm moving, either driving or walking or running. Um, and so what I did was I go into my phone, I use notes, of course, on my, my iPhone. And I started creating categories for all the types of ideas I get on a consistent basis, whether it's for content, whether it's for business ideas or just people I need to follow up with. Like, Oh yeah, that, that person, like they'd be a great wine club member. Make sure let's make sure I go talk to them. Um, I create these categories on my phone. So when I go in and I have an idea, I've already got the category built 
um, in the moment, I can just drop it, you know, into that category. And then at my leisure, I can go back, you know, maybe you have this, you know, scheduled on your calendar, you can go in and go through those different categories, go through those different bins you have organized and whatever place you have them organized and systematically qualify them or eliminate them and say, you know what, I don't have the time and energy for this, or this doesn't align with my purpose. And so having that categorization just simplifies your brain and allows you to start thinking in an organized manner and then eventually take, take action and bring those ideas to life. Yeah, the categorization, so important, connecting to your purpose and where you're going. I'm definitely one of those people that has so many ideas all the time. Um, I've got my journal with me. I also use the, the notes app on my phone. How do you think about where and when you're going to spend your time? You're doing all these different things. Do you, are you a to-do list guy? Do you like to schedule things out? And if you get a new idea and it, maybe it doesn't fit in now, do you, do you maybe schedule that in for the next quarter or the next year or something like that? Yeah, great question. Uh, so I would say I spend probably 50% of my time doing exactly what you just <laughs> talked about. I spend 50% of my time like actually talking to people and doing stuff and then 50% yeah. of my time managing my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but no, I, uh, I think you've got to um, I think you got to schedule stuff. And then you also have to have some flexibility in your schedule. You got to let, you know, have some flexibility for things to run over. Um, you need to, you need some downtime. You need some time for you to just do something completely different than what you're doing during the day. And for me, it, for a long time, that was wine. Um, wine is what, you know, fascinates me. It gives my mind something to think about outside of the daily grind. And when I came home at night and you know, I'd look at a bottle, it was, it was more than just having a glass of wine. I was looking at the bottle, you know, learning where it's from, um, you know, learning about that producer, learning about that varietal, and then, you know, doing some research on it. So that way my mind has something productive, but it isn't, you know, self-deprecating and going to, and thinking about what I was doing at work that day or, you know, whatever bad conversations I had or, you know, frustrations that I had from the day. It was giving my mind some, that sort of active rest uh, to do something else. Um, so I think as far as, you know, looking at opportunities and evaluating them for whether they're going to fit, you know, this core or next, uh, you have to have a prioritized list and you have to be realistic in what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, what really helps a lot of times is having someone to share that, that workload with, if you're going to take on a new project. Um, I've, I've got a couple different projects and they're, you're done with different people or different collaborations, different brands. And it's really helpful to have somebody saying, all right, we're, we're working on this project together. Like, you know, I've, I've got a friend who's really good at that. Like, why don't we just go in on this project together? Like, why don't we do this together and de-risk it um, and leverage both of our skill sets? Whereas my first business, I tried to do that thing all by myself. Yeah. Um, I, I went in, I, I would write all the content. I would come up with a product. I would talk to vendors and it was just so much work. And it wasn't so much about the work. It was more so about the, the experience and the relationship I didn't have at that time. But yeah. now when I do a new project, I find somebody to partner with. And that way we get twice as much the connections, the relationships and the skill sets that I would bring to the projects. So that way it's even more successful. I love that. I love collaborating. And uh, I think it's important too, to, to find someone with complementary skills, right? And, and I know you're big on emotional intelligence and really understanding yourself and, and others around you. Um, I, uh, I was very lucky, you know, when I put that conference together where we met, uh, I partnered with my friend Bennett Phillips, who you met at the dinner as well. He and I have such complementary skills that we were really perfect partners. And I, I always appreciated that. Um, we rarely stepped on each other's toes. We knew our roles. He handled his stuff. I handled my stuff. Um, after that, 
I started going down the road of organizing an event with another friend we were going to partner on. And we realized after about a month or two that we are not good partners. It didn't work out well. And uh, luckily we, we cut things off pretty early to say, this is not working out and it's going to ruin our friendship. Let's, let's just be friends and work on things on our own. So I think it's important to pay attention to that stuff too. And like, is it the, you know, if you're going to partner, is it the right kind of partner? Are you really clear on your roles and who they are and, and who does what? Cause if you're trying to do the same thing, it's not that helpful. Yeah, no, great, great point. And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt with everything going on globally right now. But at the same time, um, I found that, you know, if it's meant to be like, we we're just vibing, you know, like we're, we're going back and forth. We've got the energy where you put us in the same room. We can't stop talking to each other about whatever it is we're talking about because we have, we're just so much on the same page. And, um, I, I wouldn't, I would rather work on projects that are clear. Yes. than projects that are possibly a no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about, I know you've got training and handling crisis and challenging situations. And you mentioned, you know, we're in a crazy world right now. Um, we're talking about trying new, entering into new ventures, trying new things. Uh, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. Uh, challenging situations are going to pop up. We're in the middle of a, you know, essentially a global pandemic that has changed a lot of businesses. Um, how do you think about approaching handling challenges when they come your way, whether it's a, uh, you know, active shooter or just rain when you're planning a picnic, right? There are always going to be things that come up that, that, you know, you didn't anticipate and, and are not to your desire. Right. So how do you think about handling those? Yeah, no, great question. So, um, I, that, that was sort of the point of the win club. So win stands for what's important now, because as, as business owners, as, as career professionals, and when you're trying to do both at the same time, obviously we, as we talked about your, your time is super valuable and you have to prioritize that time. And so the best thing you can do is show up to whatever engagement, whatever meeting, whatever, you know, uh, conversation that you're doing at that moment with the remembering, with the remembering the importance of focusing on just exactly what is important right now, what is important in this moment was important in this meeting, this conversation and, uh, and then just dumping everything else. And then if you do get an idea for something else, or if your mind wanders away from that conversation, write it down, use that categorization that we've established to, to, you know, organize your ideas, but then bring your focus back to that moment and uh, maintain that focus. And then being able to um, transition uh, is super important from one conversation to the next or one engagement, one scheduled activity to the next is so important. And being able to have just a little bit of time to kind of reset and then think about, all right, this is the next thing that's coming up. Um, you know, take that, these, those couple of moments to do some breath work, do a couple uh, breathing exercises, reset, you know, write down all the things that you thought about in your last meeting and then make that mental transition, um, which I think is nice when you're able to actually physically go somewhere. And it's a little bit hard to do right now, but make that mental transition. That way you're ready for that next thing that's coming up your way. I love it. So much great advice there. All right. I have two more questions for you. Uh, one is a, a little lighter and one is a little heavier. So um, it's Friday evening. I, uh, I want to get a bottle of wine for, uh, you know, dinner or something just to chill at home or with some friends. I walk into the, the wine store or the grocery store and there's just so many wines and they all have different labels and look different and sound great. How, and I don't want to spend too much money. How do I know what to choose? How do you, how do you think about that or advise people to, to approach the, the wine buying process? Yeah. Great question. Um, so a lot of times people walk into grocery stores and they buy wines based off the label, like, Oh yeah, that looks cool. Or, 
each wine shop or, you know, grocery store will have, oh, this is our pick this month, which sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's a great wine, but a lot of times, you know, those stores are just trying to like, ah, oh, we need to move this inventory. <laughs> like we have like a thousand bottles of this and we haven't sold a single one. Like, let's say yep. it's a- That's what I always assume when I see wine on sale. This <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I try to take the same approach that I use when I try to find a good winery. So uh, when I'll go to like Napa or Sonoma or some someplace else, that's, that's a significant wine region or American, um, almost like American Appalachian uh, that they have in France. Uh, I, I'll go to one winery. I, just, I try to find that starting point. Like, all right, I've heard of this winery or my friends recommended it, or I did some research on it. I was like, all right, this place looks pretty cool. I want to go check it out. Um, you know, worst case scenario, I try five wines and I've had, you know, five wines and uh, it'll, it'll still be a good day. Right. <laughs> um, but I'll go in, I'll, I'll taste their wines and then I'm going to strike up a conversation with the uh, strike up a conversation with the taste, uh, the tasting staff and be like, hey, loved your wines. You know, tell me more about you. Tell me where you're from. You know, how long you've been in the wine industry? And then I'll ask them, like, what what do you recommend? Where should I go next? What's your favorite place in the, in the local area? And just from doing that, having those conversations, you build enough rapport with them. They're going to recommend you either to their friend's place or someplace that they really want to show off because they know you're looking for that experience. And it's going to make you stand out when you show you're interested in their day. So you take that same practice and you apply it to the bottle shop, you know, talk to the staff, talk to uh, somebody that's working the, the bottle shop and ask them what they recommend, have that conversation first, build that rapport first, then ask them what they re recommend. And a lot, nine times out of 10, they're going to show you the stuff that they're keeping the for themselves or the stuff that they, you know, they're hoping their only, only fam family and friends are going to come and check out because uh, it's just that good. I like that recommendation. And what I'm thinking of is for the men out there who are listening like me, who don't like to ask for help and you don't want to admit that you don't really know that much about wine. Just ask somebody who does ask the question and then start with one winemaker or company and, and branch out from there and see what you like and don't like. And uh, of course, uh, you know, getting to know the basics and what kind of grapes you like is definitely uh, important as well. All right. So the last question is, I have been working on this book, as you know, called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It is coming out in November, November 16th. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, and when I say own your career or own your life, what does that mean to you, Chris? I think it's defining whether it's success, fulfillment, um, you know, defining your, your performance measures, your things that you consider important to your life on your own terms. Um, and then you taking the responsibility of assessing your progress towards those things and your progress towards your end states, towards uh, your long-term objectives, towards, you know, the life and the lifestyle that you want to have. Um, you, you go in and you define it, you do the research, you talk to people, you get the clarification, but then you take action by setting out and saying, these are the goals. This is the life I want to live. This is the life that I want to have. And then you figure out how you make progress towards that. And you don't let other people uh, influence that once you set that for yourself. I love it. It's setting that intention and going after the life that you want. And I hope people will do that. Uh, Chris, if people want to find out more about you, follow you, uh, maybe join that wine club, uh, where do they go? Yeah, no, the best place to get hold of me is uh, on Instagram at the real Chris Levy, and that's K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm sure Andy will link in the, the show notes and everything. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out the wine club, it's just Chris Levy, K-R-I-S-L-E-V-Y dot C-O slash wine club. And you'll get all the information on the wine club there. And we usually have some sort of offer. So 
um, would love to have any of your listeners uh, join the club and would love to give them uh, give them a special offer uh, if they reach out to me. Love it. Thanks, Chris. Uh, if you're out there listening and you like wine, go follow Chris on Instagram, reach out to him for that offer. Uh, go check out the wine club. You know, he's going to provide great wine and great service. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. This has been phenomenal. Great, great advice and uh, conversation. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. No, this has been a blast. And uh, I'm looking forward to when we can uh, enjoy a glass of wine together soon, hopefully in person. I hope we get to do that maybe sometime uh, in 2021. I'm looking forward to it. All right, take care. Take care.